Hey everyone, welcome back to the Lo-Fi Lounging Podcast, where we invite a guest over, just kind of play some chill beats, and just overall kind of talk about whatever we want to. Um, so today's guest, we actually have someone from Germany, someone who I've been following for quite some time, actually, who she is a fellow photographer who's also into cosplay stuff, and I just found that a lot of her photos were really unique and stuff that I still have no idea how to do, maybe in the future, but I just think what she does is really cool and we're about the same age and come from very similar LGBTQ backgrounds. So I thought I'd invite her today. Um, so I have Julia or Nekos Camera. Would you like to say hello and introduce yourself? Hi there. Thank you so much for having me. Like <laughs> you're making me blush uh, saying like uh, you like my photos so much. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm Julia. I'm from Germany. I'm 23 years old. Uh, please excuse my very heavy German accent. <laughs> It's totally uh, fine. <laughs> I haven't talked uh, English like in like years since school. But yeah, here I am. I'm very happy to be here and to have a little chat about photography and cosplay and being LGBTQ and yeah, pretty much everything, I guess. <laughs> How much English do they, um, I guess, teach in, when you were growing up? Oh, it really depends. Uh, I got in a private school, like in a very young age. So I uh, got taught like when I was six years old, I started. And I've always been very interested in, in English and, and uh, languages in general. So I picked up quite fast, I guess. And that's why I'm kind of fluent. But if you're only getting your, your, ex, uh, like your experience from school, you won't be able to talk that much. It's pretty bad, actually. <laughs> It's like 60-year-old people trying to uh, tell you uh, how to speak English when they've only been like in America or Great Britain for like two weeks. <laughs> I guess it's kind of interesting because aside from you and the guests that I had the week prior and then someone that I have in the future all kind of coming from different countries like Indonesia and Germany and France, and then I guess kind of seeing the nuances that come from learning English as a second language. So that's why I'm like, I totally don't mind like the accent at all. In fact, I'm, I, I think I, I want to get into languages as a major sometime in the future. So I'm kind of always interested in learning different languages and kind of learning um, the speech patterns that certain people do depending on like the schooling and what they did. So, I mean, we're not judging here. I mean, I certainly am not judging because like I'm really just a walking joke 24 hours of the day so i mean like it it, it do be like that sometimes oh man in in any case yeah yeah in any case so how is because we're, we're we're still i don't know the world's still in a very weird place right now but how has COVID 19 kind of been affecting you specifically and how do you say the name of your uh where you live um it's it's hello <laughs> Halle? It's like 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 Halle, like H A L L E. Um, yeah, and it's it's been pretty fine for me. Like I I have to say I work in public service, um, mm -hmm. so I had to work through Corona. Like I I didn't have this whole 
quarantine thing going on. I, I haven't been locked inside. Like I was always able to able to go out and, and work and have some social contacts there. So it hasn't been that hard for me aside from not being able to go like shopping or meeting up with many friends or going to parties, like um, things like that. But aside from that, it's been pretty well usual for me. But I do know many of my friends have different experiences. Yeah, I, I guess it's weird. Stay inside. I guess it's weird because I have been seeing some people where in other countries where I guess it's gotten really worse, like France. But then there are some yeah. countries that are still kind of going about their daily lives and nothing seems to have changed except for just um, wearing the mask and kind of taking extra precautions. So then what do you, for public service, like how much physical contact do you kind of get or how much exposure do you get to other people? Well, I do work in, oh gosh, the German, <laughs> the, the English expression for this, like uh, I'm I'm working with criminals, like um, at public uh, persecution, I guess it's called. Oh, oh <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I gotcha. I gotcha. All right. Um, so we we've blocked out any uh, yeah like people coming to us for for things like uh, we do everything uh, in written form, so we don't have people from outside coming in. We did have some uh, changes in like A and B groups, and there would only be half of the people working there at a day. So we would change daily, and uh, the A group would be there on Friday, the B group would be there on Monday, and uh, yeah, vice versa. So that was a little weird. Like uh, I didn't get to see some of my colleagues for about three weeks, which was kind of hard, I guess. Um, yeah, but otherwise we, we still kept on working. Like uh, there's a much there's so much paperwork, and the paperwork's not bothered by Corona at all. <laughs> so um, yeah, we've been just doing that, and it's actually getting a lot more, even though uh, people couldn't go out that much, but they could write letters. So uh, yeah, I didn't get that much change. I'd even have to put in a lot of hours to get uh, yeah, things done. Like, yeah. I mean, it, it do be like that sometimes where we're kind of just in this weird era of the ones who are kind of getting money right now are kind of using it on online shopping because yeah. really we can't, we can't like do much. Um, when was the last photo shoot that you did? Oh gosh, it's, it's, it's been a while. Like, well, I've met with my best friend and here in Germany, I have to say you're, you're allowed to see like, uh, five friends by now. Back then it was like one or two friends. And I've met with my best friend who lives actually like 10 minutes away from me. Um, yeah. And we've done that, that bathroom, uh, bathtub shooting thing. I don't know if you've seen them, uh, those pictures. And that was the last time we had a shooting. And I think it was in March. It's been a while now. Mm, yeah maybe. yeah march was kind of march was like the last time that i kind of uh it's 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 been a while they've kind of been recently reopening it here in hawaii but we're kind of a lot of the locals are a little bit more on edge just because we're a smaller island community so we don't have as much access to and you know uh not that i need to keep ragging on the american healthcare system but it's not a good healthcare system so obviously 
uh, being in our situation, uh, if we live in a very small island community where we have very limited resources, it's uh, very hard if uh, we're kind of in a bad position. But thankfully, it's been kind of decreasing. So there has been word to photographers that we're kind of allowed to shoot, but we have to really maintain still the whole like six feet up, yeah. six six feet away, like wear a mask. So everyone is. Um, I think it really hit everyone hard um, for uh, for the grad students who usually like yeah. they'll do for for us for us or at least here in Hawaii uh, it's a big thing where a lot of them get their our graduations are a little bit different than what I've seen in the mainland and a few other countries where we basically do this whole thing where it's a whole ceremony outside at like a stadium or et cetera et cetera and then we do this whole lay giving ceremony where we give all the different uh, lays the flower lays. And all that, and everyone kind of has these banners or posters with pictures of themselves, like their their senior picture photo shoot. So a lot of the photographers who usually do that were kind of suffering, but then now they kind of recently reopened it back up. So it's we're kind of in this really weird position where we're kind of allowed to shoot, but I also don't have really good healthcare coverage, so I'm kind of hesitant to want to meet other people right now because if something. It happens to me. I don't want to. I don't want to. You know, pay thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars for for medicine. That sounds so weird. Like here in Germany, we are we are pretty chill about that. Like uh, the government told us not to go out, and since we're Germans, we will obey the law a lot. <laughs> yeah, we, we, we will do what they tell us, like mostly. <laughs> But everyone here is pretty chill. I like we don't. We're not that scared. We got a very good healthcare system, and we do know that. Like, uh, we are not paying for for medicine as much. And if you're like uh, death sick, like if you got corona, they will take you in no matter what, and you won't have to be afraid of uh, paying like thousands and thousands uh, for just getting sick and ne needing medicine. Like, uh, it's not that bad here. So uh, yeah, we're we're pretty chill, and everyone here is not that much uh, in panic well of course there are those people they are like uh, oh my god we're all gonna die like uh, yeah they're, they're, they're to panic a lot <laughs> but uh, most mean, of us are pretty chill like don't even wear masks like if you go outside here nobody's wearing a mask aside from 60 year old or uh, like sick people uh, if you're going shopping you have to like it's, it's a law so everybody mm -hmm. does it But if it's not written in the law or if the government is not telling you to do it, we won't do it. <laughs> oh, yeah, it, it's it's the opposite here because every single food place, every single shopping, like literally there's signs everywhere that say like you have to wear a mask and you have to stay six feet apart. Like it's it's everywhere here. Um, but I think also that comes with us for whatever reason, uh, having uh, tourists who don't follow the quarantine Because a lot of the, for us in Hawaii, how it came to us was because we still allowed tourists to visit, which was a really bad idea. Um, and the ones who gave us coronavirus were all just tourists, so it just was not good. And then, like, trying to enforce it and whatnot. So they're trying to be a little bit more um, strict with it these days. But yeah, I think, because um, how much people for, at least, uh, I mean, it's kind of hard to, to 
guess, but how much people on average live in a household in Germany? Like three, four, like how much the size of the family, I mean. Oh, I, I think it, it kind of depends who you're asking. Like there's this, I'm living alone, for example. Uh, my my parents are living uh, with my with my kid sister. They are like three people. I think the average might be around three to four people. But of course, if you're, you're going into, there's a lot of, of big families who will live together. Like uh, it's it's all all across the board. There's really uh, from from single like a Pringle up to like ten people in one house. There's everything. Like I don't know. They're they're going out, especially um, yeah, people yeah, with many children. A- that's that's the thing with um us in Hawaii is because a lot of it it's like very small island community and very like a lot of us really cherish our families and whatnot. So you'll have big Filipino or Japanese or Portuguese or Hawaiian households that have like three generations worth of families all living in like big houses multiplied wow. by however many houses. So you'll have like the grandkids, the the and the grandparents and then the father mother all the kids and all that so it'd be like 10 sometimes 12 depending on the situation and because of the fact that almost like i would say a good amount of the households here have the elderly i think that's why they were more strict because of the fact that the younger people have to go out and then the disease or the virus is more at risk for the elderly or the younger people so that's why I think they were like really trying to subjugate it because we have like a really huge um, like because we have so much different cultures here and different ethnicities. They have so much different events where they have like, oh, the Japanese elders or the Hawaiian elders or the Filipino elders where they do a lot of culture festivals and a lot of stuff. So there's a lot of that older generation that's here in Hawaii. So I think it gets gets a little hard sometimes to kind of beware and take care um you know take care of yourself but it seems like at least as far as germany is concerned it seems like you guys are doing pretty relatively good which is good because i'm like it'd be kind of a shit show if every single place on earth was uh not it not not doing good so i'm glad that at least at least you guys were able to you know enjoy yourself um do the bathtub thing was that just an indoor bathtub yeah, it was like in, in her very cramped bathroom. Like she she lives in a not a small flat, but the, the bathroom is very very cramped. Like you can walk past the bathtub as one person, but if you're you're standing next to each other, you're done. You can't do that. Uh, so I guess uh, it, it's very small. Yeah, I guess it's weird because all the you, you've seen the tub shoots that I've done. Yeah, yeah, I've seen them. They've all I'm been so outside. jealous. You've got so much space. Like. <laughs> they've they've all been outside like it's like a separate tub that's like it's not connected to basically you have this whole setup where it's like a bunch of different plant like local plants and then we put the tub and then put the plants around it so that's why when you told me that it was inside i was like it's inside really i'm like it doesn't look like it's inside it looks really good i actually would have wanted to do more like that for um i did a purple tub shoot recently and I wanted to make the bath, the bathtub really like lavender and purple and all those colors. So when I saw yours, I was like, ah, oh, damn it. I should have, uh, I should have been, I should have made the bathtub more purple. <laughs> Thank you so much. Well, um, I wish I could go outside and set up a bathtub like that. But, uh, well, here in Germany, we don't, 
have that much space like you told me you all have some some houses and, and places outside where you can like kind of play around and put up settings like in germany we don't have that as much uh, if you're living at least if you're living like in an urban uh, place like i do i live in a four-story building like uh, i've got a pretty big flat for a single i'd say but i would have no way room to set up something like that so uh, we are kind of bound to shoot inside and work with what we have obviously so um yeah it's just a big shooting like like lamp i got there the setup is very easy i got a, a softbox Mm, um, it's a yeah. permanent light and I can shift it around and so I put this softbox in the one space and I stood on the um, edge of the bathtub and it was all very cramped and, and, and like very very small but it kind of worked out with that with that lamp and uh, yeah I was actually pretty surprised myself how well these turned out I didn't expect that <laughs> See, the situation you had with your tub is similar to what I did with the blacklight shoot in the tub, where I didn't have a floodlight, I just had, like, a wall, the the ones that, like, illuminate the poster, blacklight, whatever. So I was just having the model sit in the tub, and I was sitting, literally sitting on the toilet with the seat down, holding the blacklight while I'm also holding my camera taking the picture as the yep. as the model is laying down in the bathtub, but no water, just just laying down in the bathtub and I'm like, oh, this is a, this is the most exhausting. (laughs) It's exhausting, but it was also the most DIY setup that I've ever done where I'm just like, yeah, if someone came in, I don't know how to explain this. This, this doesn't, this doesn't look right. The pictures are okay, but this, this does not look right. So, I mean, I finally got an actual UV light, but I mean, it's kind of funny that you mentioned that you're kind of limited to those areas because literally for i think there's like two or three different people that do the bathtub shoots on uh maui which is the island that i live on specifically but some of them are just like yeah like you just have to let me know like we'll totally get the tub in our truck we can go all the way up to the forest up country and then we'll put the water we'll put up the flower like they literally are just what? like yeah if you, yeah so we're literally like yeah if you want to you want to if you want to take the tub to the beach or if you want to take it to the forest up country if you want to take it to the flower field like we'll just set it up there put the water inside and like we'll do an outside shoot use natural light and do the do our thing so that's why i was like when you told me that you did i because from the picture i wouldn't think that it was the one that you did that it was inside because it looks like it was pretty well lit so that's why i was like if you came here like you would have you would have the time of your life shooting yeah, I, I would. And, like, like i'm so jelly <laughs> i want to come over <laughs> i mean well we'll 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 try trade places one day because i i do want to do a lot more tech wear and street wear urban stuff and i'm sure you want to shoot more at like beaches and the uh, nature yeah, that so would be so cool We'll 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 do a we'll do a live swap at some point we'll we'll we'll, we'll discuss it because i uh although i should probably learn some german because i i i know not of now, not of the language and the the diction, so I'll, we'll we'll probably like discuss it later on. Um, in regards to aside from the top photography, and I mentioned this at the beginning that you do a lot of like not all of it, but like a good amount of cosplay photography. How did you get into that? Yeah, so well, that's a, it's kind of a of a long story. I started cosplaying myself when I was like thirteen or fourteen ish. 
Uh, and I'm still a cosplayer till today. Like uh, the photo you're probably gonna put up there is uh, wearing a wig, obviously. Um, so I do still uh, love cosplay, uh, cosplaying myself till today. Um, yeah, and we we got I got a small group back then. <laughs> we had a small cosplay group actually. We were very proud of that. <laughs> and uh, yeah, someone had to take the pictures. And I uh, got an old camera from my dad and he was like, yeah, uh, try it out, have fun. And I, I actually did. And I took some photos and learned that I really liked it and I had so much fun. And I started editing that with GIMP. <laughs> it was very rudimental. Um, later on, I got Photoshop and yeah, that's how I got to photography. Then there was a phase where I didn't like cosplaying as much anymore because I felt very uncomfortable in my body and generally with myself. So that, that was the, the, the point where I really tapped into uh, photography and, and leveled up a lot. Um, with my editing and everything like that, like I, I got into YouTube for hours watching tutorials on how to do skin retouching and light and things like that. And um, yeah, that's when I really uh, started photo photography, uh, yeah, as as a serious hobby. And until today, I really like cosplay photography since it's very creative. You can do uh, so much. The outfits are always special and, and bright and colorful and, and so cool like you can do so many different things with them like if you're doing like street photography I guess or, or like fashion photography you're somewhat limited I, I think to um, yeah, like you can't shoot with, with like fake blood or things like that like cosplay photography is so 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 different in so many ways like you can shoot in so many different spaces with so many different props you can have a very dark and and moody and and like sad or or really crooked vibe but you can also do like a happy clappy flower shooting in the bathtub <laughs> yeah i mean so, uh, yeah i really love I mean, I that think, about it i think I mean, I think that's why I was kind of drawn to it because it's not—it's one of those niche uh, niche genres that doesn't follow the norm. It, it really can draw inspiration from just about anything, regardless of whether it's uh, storybook literature or anime, manga, video games, uh, comic books, that sort of thing. Like, there's literally inspiration that can be drawn out of it from anywhere i think the reason i got into it was just because there were just so much visualizations going on in my head that i felt like general photography would not satisfy and in my personal life i was already kind of a nerd so it kind of fell into place i would say where this yeah, kind you have of to was be a huge nerd <laughs> yeah but i think that also helps with posing too because i feel that there are times where people will wonder why specifically cosplay photography comes out as good as it does. And I think it comes from both the model and the photographer really being into that specific show. Because there have been times where I have shot cosplay of people who I don't maybe necessarily know the show, I just thought that they looked cool. And then there were other times where I would see cosplay and I know exactly who the character is. I have played the game or I have watched the show. I know exactly how to frame this character. I know how to pose them. I know the poses from, from the media that they're from. I know exactly the location that I would put that. And 
it it's one of those uh, projects that really shows if you're really into said project or said anime character or said um, video game character. Because sometimes that's a little hard because uh, people because people will just be like, oh, like what's the difference between like if you just take a picture of like someone in a Superman or Deadpool cosplay versus someone who cosplays in like a, a video game or an anime that you absolutely love. So that's why, especially for me, like I love the near automata series so especially yeah. seeing your photos i was like i instantly knew i'm uh that that's how 2b is that perfectly represents how i see 2b i would love to see more a2 but apparently the people don't do a2 for whatever reason but you know one day one day we'll do a2 hopefully hopefully a badass cosplayer will do a2 or maybe i'll reach out maybe i'll reach out to my um my lesbian friends, because maybe they'll... I, I know they like a they'll skin type... <laughs> maybe they'll skin type bodysuit. I, I know some of them do. Well, I'll reach out to them. Uh, what do you feel like is the inspiration that you draw from as far as... Because there's some that you do like Nier and League of Legends that I saw that you put a lot of time and effort in. Where do you feel in the world of art your inspiration draws from that you use for photography? Well, that's that's kind of all across the board. Like, it's funny uh, how you say I hit very, uh, very close with the vibe of the whole uh, to be thing. Like, that makes me very happy because I've never played the game actually. <laughs> um, yeah, I've only seen artworks of to be, and uh, where my friend I worked with, uh, Pinku Panda, the model in there is like uh, one of my favorite models, and I really, really love to work with her. She's like the most, one of the most talented people and then cosplayers i know so everything she touches is like gold and then it's it's always such a blast to shoot with her uh, so i do get a little inspiration from the models myself like if the model tells me ah i got this new cosplay i'd love to shoot it like uh it's this and that aesthetic and this and that show and i will uh, go and watch some pictures of the show or maybe some scenes to get a feeling for the character so Maybe it's it's the model herself giving me inspiration, but also if I'm like in a huge fandom like League of Legends, I've played League of Legends for like years uh, before I went to to uh, I think it would be college in America, like like studying for my job. Mm -hmm. um, and I do still love the whole franchise that builds around it. And the cinematics and things like that like kda was huge i loved kda so much like I, I i was digging this video and that's where i got a lot of inspiration from for uh, the kda photo shoot but also for the blacklight uh, photo shootings like uh, this really inspired me in that place like i do get a little inspiration from games i guess also i do really like anime uh, as an inspiration, I've always been an anime girl, <laughs> and not as much in uh, into manga. I do read manga, but it's pretty. Uh, it's not even close as much as I uh, watch anime. Lately, I've been really into Star Wars. Like, I really, really want to shoot someone uh, from Star Wars. <laughs> like a I mean, huge I, I, I... dream. I, I I think you could do a pretty good Ahsoka Tano co uh, photo. Sh or if if anyone wants to cosplay as Ahsoka Tano in Germany, I'm pretty sure you would do a really good photo shoot of them because I I want to see more Ahsoka Tano. In I'd the, be so into that in the franchise. I I don't watch as much Star Wars as I 
as I do these days, but I just remember watching the animated series or the 3D series and looking at Ahsoka Tano, and I'm like, that's a badass bitch. I like yes. her. Yes! I, I love her want... so much! Like, I was just like, I want to see more of this character. Man, it, I, I... Sorry, go on. She's, she's actually getting her own show, like, they announced it. Is she? Oh, okay, I didn't yeah. hear about that. Okay, <laughs> well, I guess, okay, maybe I'll, maybe I'll get back into the... Maybe I'll get back into the series for that. We'll, we'll see. Oh man. So then, in general, so not including manga, it's just more, more or less, just all over the board is where you find yeah. your inspiration. Yeah. Sometimes it's like I go to a place and I see it. I'm like, yeah, I want to shoot here. This is perfect. Like in 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 Magdeburg, the place where I work, there's a huge uh, alleyway of cherry blossom trees. And they are so damn pretty. And I walked through it and I said, I'm a shoot here. This is exactly where I'm going to, to, to do a shooting. Like sometimes it's places as well. It's really all across the board. I'm, I'm just getting inspiration from, from like everything. I think, I think one of the things I love to do is just to explore. Sometimes that's just where I find my inspiration just from if there's a day where I'm really bored, not, not bored, but I'm just having a creative, an artist block where I kind yeah. of don't know what to do. Sometimes I'll just go and walk or go on and go on a hike or go adventure, uh, check out a new place that I haven't seen because I do so much work in all different genres that literally there's bound to be inspiration for one thing or another. So I think one of the things I wanted to ask is, do you find, uh, I guess as far as your process, do you start with the model or the brand first, or do you start with the concept in mind first, or do you start with the location? I usually start with the model since a lot of people come to me and ask me to shoot them. The model is the first thing being there, if you get what I mean. Like, uh, yeah, they're like, oh, I, I want to do this, I want to do that, and maybe uh, if you want to, we could shoot that. And then I'm, I'm gonna start getting my inspiration ready. I usually um, get those those questions like months before they actually fini- finish their cosplay. So I got a lot of time to to uh, yeah get into that anime or, or whatever they're cosplaying from, and uh, yeah prepare and and think about what would location would fit and what i would visualize with that so uh, i do really like to have some time for preparation just so i can uh, yeah muse about uh, what what i want to do with it and how i visualize it it's usually how i do it so the model is there first and everything after that comes second but there are some exceptions like you said ahsoka tano like like star wars and and fandoms i'm really into that i would uh if, as di- directly like if, if a model I, I'd see a girl cosplaying from there and I'd be like yeah you come with me I got some ideas we're gonna do this like mm-hmm. then the, the, the inspiration went first but that's not that often usually it's, it's the model that, that comes in first and I will yeah do some research and get inspiration then yeah usually Uh, There's like a weird hierarchy to how I do it, where usually I'll start with the concept first. So usually I'll have an idea for um, either just some sort of fantasy idea in my head. So recently I went, I had an idea to kind of do a forest witch all dressed in black look. So I had to find the location and I 
had to find the model that was perfect for it. And then if I don't have the concept in mind, then usually I'll kind of then go down to the models. And then usually each model has a very different aesthetic. So some are more witchy, some are some are more witchy, some are more cosplay, some are more、uh, flower girl boho, some are more like goth, some are more、um, like vintage that sort of thing. So that kind of helps me decide what location and whatnot. And then if all else fails, usually that's when I'll start to go exploring, and then I'll just find new locations that I haven't used or maybe. Revisiting old places and looking at it either at a new time of day or a new angle that maybe I didn't do before, and then kind of get an idea from that.、Um, except for when brands reach me out, that's like a whole other thing. But it's kind of weird, just the whole process of doing a photo shoot and kind of like over the for me, it's been five years. The whole process of kind of reaching out to these models or having the models reach out to me and then having all these like all these planning steps and everything、yeah. like that like has it been weird for you yeah it has、uh, like you're, you're gaining experience like in in the beginning i would just be, be like yeah fine we'll shoot and, and do no preparations or planning at all and then i'd be very pissed because everything was not going the way i wanted it to to go like because i didn't plan anything <laughs> yeah um <laughs> So I, I gained experience, and it's it's gotten very weird how much effort a, sh- a shoot can take. Like if it's properly set up and properly planned,、uh, there will be like a, a mood board where you got some inspirational or, or reference photos. There will be location you've picked out carefully. You, you're you're t- thinking about the time of the day and the light that will go into it, and maybe a whole setup. Maybe you need some props. You'll have to talk about the poses with the with the model, and like there's so much. Planning going into that, and when I started, I would never have thought that I'm actually going to put that much effort in, in like one shooting someday. But it's really like kind of essential. Like, really need to do it in order to get nice results. Like, that's why I don't really like con- convention photography because、mm, it's very、yeah. spontaneous and you can't pick anything really. And there's people and the lights. Probably not good, and yeah, that's why I don't like that kind of shootings at all. I think whenever I go to the conventions, I'm mostly there for networking. So usually I have、yeah. my business cards and everything right ready to go. And of course, I'll probably take pictures of like fifty to a hundred cosplayers, and I don't have time to like do fifty different shoots outside and like plan it. So that's when I'll kind of just do quick convention photography and then hand them. Uh, my card, and then if they're like, if they're a serious、uh, cosplayer, that's when we'll kind of do an actual photo shoot. But I totally get it. Convention lighting really sucks. Like it, it just, it just sucks. It's,、mm. it, it, and that's all, and that's also why,、um, in regards to what you were saying, that is why over five years I have come to realize that I need to have a backup plan, or I need to understand and realize and look beforehand the weather and the wind conditions. Because sometimes I don't do that, and sometimes that has really messed with me in doing shoots. Because it was either way too sunny, or it was downpouring, and then I was very sad on myself.、Um, do you feel that?、Um, because we're both about the same. We're both about the same age, and we both come from the LGBTQ spectrum. And、uh, what do you identify as, as far as your sexuality?、Um, well, I do identify as a woman, like. I, I'm not non-binary or anything like that, but、mm-hmm. I am 
I do identify as a homosexual. Like I, mm. I'm really into mm. girls. <laughs> but I guess I could like romantically fall in love with a dude as well, but we'd never be physical. Like okay, so you're you're the <laughs> o- okay, so you're the opposite of me. So I am really into guys. I absolutely, really, physically, and everything love guys. But I could probably romantically date. And get into a girl. I just don't know if I'd be able to physically get into it. I could definitely, yeah, I could definitely romantically be attached to someone who's girl and non-binary. But I, I just love guys way too much. Just, yeah, just, 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 <laughs> just, just, just guys. But of course, in your in your case, it's it's girls. Um, yeah. Do you feel? Uh, do you feel that that has an influence in what you decide to shoot or? The type of people that you draw inspiration from, whether you see like more female models or more、uh, photographers who shoot more female stuff, or seeing media、um, in like TV shows, like for example, like how the recent、uh, season of Shira.、Um, spoilers for people who、uh, don't want to hear this, but apparently the ending had a really, really heavy lesbian romance that、yes. was that that was speculated for a long time, but finally. Finally, it came true, and I, I did watch、yes. the ending, and it when it was, and it was be- and it was beautiful.、Um, do you feel that a lot of that comes into、uh, what you create, like not just photography, but in general, like when you see lesbian representation on TV or in online, that sort of thing? Yeah, I I,、uh, I watched the spoilers here as well.、Um, I watched Shira season five with my bestie. She's she's also a lesbian, and we were sitting on the couch, literally holding hands and screaming <laughs> at the last episode. Like we were so you, so happy. <laughs> did Did you know that um, Catra was purring in the last when when so a- so after everything happened, Ka- you know Catra was purring. She was. Oh my god! Yeah, she so. so So you know, so you know when everything is like good, and it's just before Bo and Glimmer like meet up with them, and then they're like, uh, like nose to nose, and then, uh, they're like, oh, he's gone, and then Catra says, "Good riddance." Oh,、um, she, she does so, purr. Yeah, so she was she was purring. Like if you, if you listen to it with earphones, she was purring during that moment when they get together. So just just thought I'd let you know.、Um, oh my god, that's so cute. But I guess that's also the same way because I watch a lot of Steven Universe, so、uh, you know, anything, anything truly with,、uh, with, I mean, I'm, I'm sure you've heard of Steven Universe. I'm sure I, I have lo- heard of it. I've not watched it yet, but I did get a lot about it. You, I imagine, if you like, if you like Chira, you will like Steven Universe because there's a lot of, there is like there's there's characters in there that I think. Represent a lot of different、uh, ethnicities. Like, there's a non-binary character in there. Like, I think you will really appreciate.、It. I would recommend watching Steven Universe. But it's it's just such a weird. It's such, I guess, a nice feeling of seeing characters like I'm sure also too like Adventure Time. Like, I'm sure if you watch the ending of Adventure Time with、uh, again spoilers,、uh, Princess Bubblegum and Marceline. Um, and the ki- and the kiss that just a lot of kisses, really just a lot of lesbian kisses,、um, which I feel like are great. I think we need more of it. I think we need more、yeah. of that representation.、Um, but what do you feel about just LGBTQ creators and how not only does it inspire you, but、uh, 
how much more you would want to see of it, or have you seen like a, a resurgence of it? I, I'd love to see more of it. Like that's like we are all like the, the LGBTQ people are so underrepresented actually. Like, well, at least in, in German media, we we lately had a show uh, called Queen of Drags, which was pretty much uh, a German oh, of RuPaul's oh. Drag Race. <laughs> yeah, I, I know, I know it. Yeah, I, I've heard of it while I was watching RuPaul's Drag Race. I, I know what you're talking about. And uh, well, I was. I, I I'm not a fan of Heidi Klum. Uh, I really enjoyed watching that show because it's it, it brought some some uh, yeah some spotlight on those fierce drag queens here in Germany. Uh, most people probably didn't know existed, and um, yeah, I think we we, we are still so underrepresented uh, in the media. And I I'd, I'd hope and I'd wish for so much more representation, showing so many. Uh, uh, LGBTQ people, like not only lesbian and, and gay guys, but also like non-binary drag queens. Like there's so many different facets of that. And I'd, I'd love to see more of it. And I think it's very important to see more of that because, well, I don't identify with the basic straight couple shown on, to me on TV like every day. And I was so damn happy for, for like Shira and, and, and Ketra and Adora getting together. And I didn't realize how much I needed that <laughs> to be <laughs> on the media and, and like on public display and being does it, normalized. Does it also affect if you, cause again, this, I'm just going to admit it. It does kind of affect me and I have made it very public that I, because a lot of the photographers, um, usually in Hawaii in general, but most of them usually shoot more with females. And because a lot of the females that want to shoot with me are very, like, more pretty girl, like pageant-esque. And that's not the style that I do. Um, basically, because of my sexuality and how I identify as and what I like to see in media, what I do now is... Because most photographers just take uh, pretty, pretty girls in bikinis. What I do is I shoot more with the guys because not a lot of the photographers shoot with the guys, and I shoot more of them in a physical, sexy light. While the girls um, that I work with are the ones that they don't work with that are more the alternative, like the more streetwear, the goth, the urban, the the kind of being like being badass and sexy without the being the traditional pretty girl portrait style. And that's because, again, that's because yeah, how I identify as I, you know, I, or maybe I just really like guys. How do you, do you kind of feel yourself in that same light? Yeah, Where it's, you, it's kind you of you like the more same. girls? Yeah, I, I really do uh, notice that I don't really know how to shoot guys. Like, uh, if, if a guy was to come up to me and, and say, like, yeah, uh, let's, let's take some photos together. And... Yeah, I was uh, taking photos with one of my best friends. I don't know that the black light shooting with, with uh, Constantine. He's one of my closest friends. And uh, yeah, I was very insecure about taking photos of him because I didn't really know how to how to pose him and how to show him. And yeah, how I would pretty much take photos of a guy looking making them look look good and, and making them just as polished as I would do with a girl. Like, it was a very different experience since I'm very used to taking photos of girls. And I've seen your, your after-hours uh, uh, pictures and I'm always mm. so fascinated with them. I'm like, wow, that, that, that those guys look so damn good and you always got that, that lightning on point and it's so cool. Like, even I, as, as 
a lesbian uh, can say, wow, uh, those are some some pretty handsome men. Like, <laughs> I, th- I, I, I really do I, enjoy that. I, again, because we're very open on this podcast, I consume a lot of game media and, of course, like a lot of like sexy guys, regardless of their, their weight or that sort of thing. So I kind of, I, I take the pictures that I myself would want to see of them, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so I'm I, I'm sure it must be. So that's why sometimes when I take sexy pictures of girls, I kind of get the idea, but I'm also like not fiercely in love with them. So it's more just in the sense of like I can always get an idea. I'm like, yes, bitch, you better work, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, but I, you know, again because I appreciate and have a have a fondness for the male body as an art form, I can usually kind of tell like the angles and what looks better than that of a girl so i'm sure again i'm sure for you i'm sure if you were to take more boudoir like lingerie style of girls i'm sure you would have a bet easier time of doing it than me yeah. honestly honestly it's it it would be like that but if we go if we went vice versa you would have so much more uh yeah experience handling uh guys in, in general and taking good angles yeah i guess it's, it's coming a lot from me being gay <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah, that I really love to shoot women, like not not in a sexual way, but I just think women are ex- like very aesthetically uh, great. I think I really just like the aesthetic of women, like women of all sizes. Uh, mm-hmm. Of course, like uh, she she doesn't have to be like super skinny and model and something like that. That's that's not what I'm about. Uh, I I'd really shoot anyone with any body type because I I think every woman is is beautiful like in her own way and i don't really care about the body type she's going on as as, as long as she's confident and and uh yeah is showing that in the pictures i'll be happy uh as a photographer because like the attitude is usually way more important than like the body type she's representing like, uh, oh yeah if, if she's looking very confident and she's happy with herself like I don't care which body type she will be beautiful in those pictures because she will yeah show that and, I uh, mean I mean overall we just need more like more female representation more uh, trans representation non-binary and that sort of thing so I think that's why I think it's not it's nice and a unique perspective I guess being photographers of different sexualities who prioritize doing different styles of photography with different models than the norm if that makes yeah. sense rather yeah. than just 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 the traditional stuff that you see every day right I'm I'm very open minded like everyone uh, of any uh, gender or like body type can come to me and and tell me hey I'd love to shoot and I would be up for it like I really uh, want to focus on on bringing like the best light on on people and my models, and I want them them to feel beautiful, and I really want them to to see what I see in them because I would look like at pretty much every person and be like, yeah, I, I know exactly what I'm doing with you. You're yeah. gonna look stunning in the ending, and I want you to to know that you look stunning. <laughs> like I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, no, I totally get that. I mean, I I understand more than I would say more uh, most other photographers would. And if anything, you know, I guess when we switch places, I guess you'll you'll get to meet some really hot local girls, and I'll I'll get to meet some really nice German guys. So you know, you uh you find some for me, I'll find some for you back. We'll <laughs> we'll like we'll recommend to each other. 
Yeah, um, let's do this. <laughs> so, how long have you been out? Because we're both the same age. Like, you're, I'm assuming, 1996 or, like, early 1997? Yeah, 1997. January. Okay. <laughs> okay, I'm, like, November 1996. So, I'm, like, only a few months older. So, but yeah. we're still both, like, the same age. So, like, how was it, you know, for growing up as far as... Uh, I, the way I'm trying to word it, growing up in a different country. Because for me, of course, I I grew up in Hawaii, Maui. Um, even though we're in this whole thing where we're trying to get more independence as our own nation, despite all the tourism stuff, you know, I, I grew up in a very westernized, um, you know, Americanized uh, place that, despite that, had a lot of cultures blended in Hawaii. How has it been for you in Germany growing up and kind of going through, you know, the same age and so- seeing all the different changes, same as me? Yeah, uh, well, I didn't know I was gay. Well, I didn't realize I was gay that early. Uh, I only realized it like when I was about 20 years old, 19 or 20 years old. Wait, I I had a boyfriend earlier. Like I always thought I was like heteronormative or I tried to be at least for a very long time. Um, yeah, I always love to look at, at women and at girls, but I'd always thought of it like as something aesthetically pleasing. Like, it's just, you know, you see a beautiful woman on TV and they're like, yeah, she's looking very pretty. And I didn't realize that was gay me talking to me. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, I, I had a boyfriend, but wasn't really I, I happy you- with that. Hmm? I would usually say stuff like, oh, I'm just really jealous of this guy. And I wasn't yeah. jealous. I, I I was not jealous at all. <laughs> I was really not jealous. I, I wanted something more. I, mm. and, I then I, and then I, I, I realized later on that someone told me, because now, of course, I've been out for years, that someone told me like, oh, if you're kind of checking out this guy, but you're also kind of jealous of him, you're kind of just, a, you're, you have an admiration for him. I'm like, yeah, that's how it is now, where it's like, I'm checking him out. Like, I really, like, uh, excuse my language, but it's one of those situations where you're like, fuck him. But also, I, like, you know, kind of want to fuck him. That sort of yes. thing. Where it's like, where it's like you don't... Where it's like, so I'm, I'm assuming for in your case, it's the opposite with just her instead. So I'm just like, I'm sure you can relate. I can relate so much. Like, girl, it's it's like... I, I watched women on like or girls in general and I was like oh damn she's she's so pretty I wish I was like that and well later on I realized I didn't only wish like I looked like that but I also wanted her to yeah you know <laughs> I, 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 def- I I feel that a lot like I don't know do you want to bang her or do you want to be like her it's, it's always like mm. <laughs> it's, it's a weird thing I don't know uh, I mean you could be both depending yeah, I, mean, and you, I mean you see you see in gay relationships these days a lot of people date people that look like they could be brothers or sisters or twins so i mean it's, it happens i don't know whether that's narcissism or just the gay community in general it, it do be like that sometimes right like i get it get what you're what you're saying there like me and my ex-girl uh we would at some point like style very very similar like I don't even know why, because usually she wasn't my my style and clothing and things like that. But I kind of wanted to to get my style ready, like like her. Like we would both both wear tight fitting clothing or like the same pants. We would often even change uh, clothing. 
since mm-hmm. we had the same size like in enhancer things like that but uh yeah uh, coming back to the original to- topic I realized pretty pretty late that I'm uh, yeah a queer person but I had a lot of queer people around me already so it was kind of not that bad like I never had to fear for my friends not liking me anymore like because all of my friends already were LGBTQ so I didn't have any problems at all coming out because I I knew they would accept me since yeah well they were LGBTQ as well so uh, that was a big uh, for me to come out it was very um, yeah I, I was easy, scared easy. Of, yeah it was with my friends it was a very very easy thing but with my parent it, parents it was kind of a different story thing since being uh, gay or LGBTQ in general is like uh, a thing that's existing here in Germany but it's not like that much talked about like uh, yeah you're not as a parent you're not necessarily proud of your gay kid like you're you're just accepting it and not talk about it that much I guess and yeah I was kind of scared to come out at first but I did eventually when I got together with my ex-girl And yeah, I wanted everyone to know that I love her and that she loves me. And so I came out and uh, yeah, my, my parents were actually very accepting of that. My my mom was kind of weirded out, I guess. She needed some time to, to wrap, her, wrap her head around that. Uh, but my especially my my dad's like my my stepdad and my my actual dad were very chill with that like they were oh that that's cool i, I like women too you know <laughs> oh i'm i'm seeing a lot of uh, it's a lot of parallels between your and my story because i was similar where my mother took longer to i mean we still don't really talk about it it's more just she knows it's just yeah. I, sh- I should also disclaim, I'm very, uh, I openly talk about, like, sex and making sure you're protected and other stuff like that. So it's not, it's not one of those things that, like, I, of course, when you're with your family, I'm, like, I'm not openly talking about it. So it's, it's not, it's not like a talk, like a talking topic. But I mean, my father was a Christian pastor, and my mother was, like, from a very young age, uh, went to school, like, raised by nuns, etc., etc. So, uh, I was, uh, mm. I was dreading that day. Of course, my my friends knew. Like they always had a feeling. They they there was never, there was never like, there was never any doubt that they like had an idea. Um, but it's also really funny because people still to this day, depending on how I dress or how I look, some people will still think I'm straight, which yeah. is really funny. It's really funny. But, um, yeah. Overall, like it took my mother a little bit. It was a little bit harder for her to kind of, I guess, accept. And then I guess my father... I don't know about my father. I guess it's kind of weird because I'm the fourth Miguel in the lineage. Because I'm technically the Miguel the fourth. But then my my friends make fun of the joke now where it's like... They, they said this whole thing where they're like, Oh, well, all good things come to an end, I guess. And I was like... Yeah, it'd be kind of weird if I adopted or I did a surrogate and I named them Miguel. Like, it'd be kind of... I don't know be kind of weird so i guess all my hopes uh are on my brother i guess we'll we'll see if he wants to name his kid after after his father and his brother we'll we'll see what happens um but yeah i totally oh it it was a weird a weird weird time weird yeah. weird time it was but, it definitely was 
but aside from aside from just um lgbt stuff like how was your did you have like a, i mean y'all need to go into full details but like how was your childhood or growing up like was it relatively like chill like you know growing up in germany like what was like um i guess as far as like looking at it from uh like you know an americanized westernized perspective like how was it for you kind of growing up um in that in germany well i i guess it's it's pretty similar to like america or i don't know well my my parents were kind of uh strict so they were always uh be would always be very eager on me putting a lot of effort into school and getting good grades so um yeah i was always working pretty hard to to uh yeah learn for tests and things like that like there was a lot of pressure to get good grades and, and be good at school but that was only like my whole household like when i was 14 i got a little sister my my mom got pregnant again and uh, she would be very uh, yeah she, she'd have to take care of a small child again so i i was uh, expected to do a lot of housework and yeah being kind of grown up i don't know if that makes sense so mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. I, i i had a great childhood and everything was very very nice but i also earned roots very fast and I was also a very uh, like obedient child like I wouldn't do uh, yeah any bad things like I never got in trouble bad or I'd never uh, have to brought home by the police or things like that like I'd always be very uh, very tame I never drank alcohol until I was like 20 uh, much uh, It's legal here in Germany uh, at 16, I think. So there were a lot of my friends already like going to parties and drinking and things like that. And I never really did because I was a very tame child. I I, uh, I worked as a waitress uh, since I was like 15 years old. So, yeah, I was kind of always a working person like i worked hard in school and later i worked hard as a waitress and now i work hard in, in the public service and in my photos so uh, yeah it was a good time growing up but i i also was bound to a lot of rules and and uh yeah behaving See, myself yeah. in general i was bound to a lot of rules too but we, I, i guess we really differ because i was always uh I always call myself the black sheep of the family because I always was a little bit more closer to my friends than my actual family. And I would always break rules. I would always sneak out. I would always do... I wasn't ever taken home by the police, but I was more or less like a mischievous miscreant. <laughs> more or less always like in some way, shape, or form. So the 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 juxtaposition or like the contrast was always... I was actually... I'm, I don't want to call myself smart. Let's consider it more... Because my actual younger brother's a lot more smarter than me. I would just say I can pick up on subjects and schooling really easily. So yeah. I didn't I didn't really need to study. It was more of just an afterthought and more just... I was always really tired at school. But even if I didn't really study, I could do pretty good that I was in honors classes. But because of my strict upbringing... Because of that, I was always more, why well, I, I want to do all this stuff. Like, why aren't I allowed to do all this stuff? Like, I should be able to kind of realize and 
you know, figure out for myself what I should and shouldn't do. So I can't imagine myself like living, I guess, really obediently. I don't know. I'm too much of a wild child and too much of a rebel to ever, to ever think that I could, I guess, raise my own kid in that sort of sense. Because I'm a very like free, free person. I don't know if you would raise your kid as obediently um, as your parents did with you, but I would raise my kid very opposite, I guess, to how my parents did, where I would give them more freedom and more opportunity to decide what they feel is wrong. Um, obviously, unless you're doing crystal meth, because I don't want anyone to do no. crystal meth. Um, but other than that, like you know, giving them free reign to decide what it is that they want to uh, do. Do you feel like you would do that for your kid, or? Well, I don't know. I, I I have to say I don't want kids. Like, uh, yeah, I guess I for every kids, day. I guess no for every. <laughs> See, I want dogs, but no kids. That's yeah. We 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 keep contrasting. We keep contrasting here. But I I understand. Like, I guess all millennials and younger generation. I guess we're not really, we're not really kid no. wanting. We're not really no. kid wanting types, huh? I, I guess. Uh, like, I got so many friends telling me the same. Do you, um, as far as, again, like, going back to, um, growing up, uh, I mean, it could be also current, too, but have you experienced any ghost stories or any urban legends? Because, again, I'm, I'm inviting guests from kind of all over the world, so I'm kind of really interested in kind of hearing the respective lore or legends that kind of happen. Like, was there anything in regards to, uh, you growing up or where you currently live that was a little bit spooky or some sort of legend? some sort of personal experience that you kind of felt was paranormal? Um, well, here in Germany, it's not like that big of a deal, like being uh, like law and things like that. But I do have like, uh, I live in a region where, um, yeah, there are said to be many witches, like in, in the past, like in medieval times, there was uh, a huge uh, witch thing going on in my region. Like uh, there's a mountain, called the heart the Brocken <laughs> which uh, is laid to big rock like Brocken is literally big rock <laughs> mm. and uh, there were said to be witches uh, dancing there in, in, in a certain time and uh, having their rituals there and being very magical and things like that so there's Walpurgisnacht uh, every year uh which is celebrated and people will dress up as witches and go there and have a huge party and yeah that's that's the thing but uh yeah, other from that there's not that much well i got a spooky story from my ex-girlfriend's house she used to live in a very old house mm -hmm. and her grandma would always tell us how there were many families living there like in world war ii and in times like that like there was not only one family like it is now Back then, there were, like, four families in, in one house. Like, uh, it was very cramped. And there seemed to be a girl uh, who died of some kind of disease or anything like that. And, uh, yeah, she she would claim up until today that uh, she she saw eyes and heard voices of, of that girl. And sometimes even you would hear uh, steps on the... Yeah, on the floor, and it, it would creak and things like that. So it was creepy, and I don't know what was going on there, but the, the door was always closed, and I was very happy about that. Like, I wouldn't go out in the night outside of her room. 
<laughs> because I was kind of scared. <laughs> we we oh, didn't man. like that. Yeah. <laughs> was kind of creepy so i was very happy when we had our own flat together oh god so there were no ghosts, ghosts or something like that oh man i i guess it's, i guess it's interesting because i i guess again like hearing stories from all different parts of the world and seeing what i guess specific creatures or relative entities i would say people kind of relate to so i didn't know that germany has more because again i've heard my last guest was indonesian so we talked more about specific like creatures and ghosts so i didn't know for germany that it had as um rel- or close connections to witches and magic but then i believe one of the um one of the anime that i watched made reference to something called i feel like i'm gonna butcher this i feel like i'm gonna butcher this um but uh don't judge me is it's called like walpurgis Wal- Wal- well, 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 Perg- well, Perg is not something. I, yeah. I, I it's something, something along the lines. Of, I think it must have happened recently. I think, like April thirtieth, May first. I think. Yeah. It's, it, it, it's, me- it's... Like, what does it translate to? It's, it's Walpurgisnacht. That's that's the thing I, I mentioned earlier. Right. It's like uh, Walpurgis. It's it's like uh, a word of their own. But Nacht is night. Like no. it's Walpurgis okay. night. Um, and yeah, I, I don't know. It's like at, at the changing of the sun, sun solace. Well, I, I will mess, mess this up. up. Sun solistis. I don't know how it's called. Like there's the, the change between winter and summer. Like that's that's where it happens. <laughs> I'm like and, I, I, I had I had to look up a little bit online, and there's just a lot of German words that I could only hope to say right. Um, like there's a word that's like, oh god, like uh, hex hexentansblatt, something like that. He- hex, yeah, hexentansblatt, hex something like that near the town of, is that Thale? So- something like that. I'm like, I don't want to, I don't want to butcher these words, but I have to like yeah, say you, you it did with right. like, I have to say it with like a thicker accent is what I, what I realize whenever I try to speak Russian or German. It's like I have to kind of um look at the pronunciation but it's kind of interesting seeing that you guys have that connection to which is, uh, do you and uh, this is a weird thing to ask but you know because i know people have made jokes about like oh lesbians and witches a lot of lesbians are like witch goth witches and blah 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 like do you feel any closeness to witches being a lesbian well uh, i myself do not but my best friend actually uh, is a witch or at least she she says so and uh yeah so i'm very close to a witch <laughs> And, oh, quite, uh, quite literally. Yeah, well, quite literally. And she, yeah, she does like tarot readings and, and things like that. And until now, she was pretty accurate, actually. So, uh, yeah, I can definitely uh, confirm that. I got another friend who also is into witchy stuff. And uh, she's lesbian as well. So I guess it's it's like lesbians being together with other women doing magic <laughs> might be a thing. <laughs> Maybe well, witches hey. were lesbians back then. <laughs> well, I think also too, like at least as far as what I've seen in um in American history, a lot of people who were gay or LGBTQ, uh, you know, guys are guys or women with women were seen as witches and warlocks because they were doing something that was against the norm. So I don't know if that's maybe how it started because I knew that people were like, oh yeah, these these two women or three women that like all had a thing for each other, all meeting in the woods, dancing, like oh they must be witches, 
that sort of thing. So I don't know if I don't know if it has its roots in that, but that's just my theory, I guess. But or maybe or may or I don't know. I mean, if any of your witch friends would like to, I guess for you, summon a succubus, and then I guess in my case, summon an incubus. Uh, let them know, because uh, I'm very lo- I'm very lonely at night. Right, I would have asked my bestie for that. <laughs> Long, do I don't know, Long. it's like probably dark magic. I don't know if she wants to tap into that. I don't know. I, I guess that's kind of weird. Um, But you, for you yourself, like you have never ah. experienced anything kind of bizarre or paranormal. It's mostly just words from others. Nah, me myself not like but I'm a very rational person like I, I I'm also an atheist like I don't believe in, in God or anything like that so maybe it's just me being uh, like very mm, I don't know like rational like if I don't see it ah, it probably doesn't exist <laughs> I, gu- I guess if we ever get a Scooby-Doo gang together I guess you'll be our Velma yeah, something like that. I'd always try and find like some rational and and real uh, explanation for it. Something like that. I'd be that person, like questioning everything and trying to to find the the physical reason for it. It's weird because I am very rational, but at the same time, I also try to think, what if? So I'm I'm agnostic, so I don't, I kind of don't care either way. Um, but more just. In general, usually whenever I kind of quote-unquote go ghost hunting, I never go with malicious intent, but kind of there's a lot of things that happen in my life that I'm kind of just... I don't know how to explain this to any rational person what I just experienced. I, I know what I experienced, but I have, how do I tell this these other people what I just experienced? So I think it's always nice to listen to um, what it is that people go through in their respective countries if they're ones that kind of have a more deeper rich history with the paranormal or if they've become more rational and kind of like it's not something that's really gonna affect them but of course i mean you never know maybe maybe i'll show up at your door wearing a really nice witch outfit so i mean you know maybe maybe i just might make a believer out of you with your friends you know you never know we'll see i'd be up for that <laughs> I guess it just depends. I'll, I'll I'll get my I'll get my tarot cards ready, and we'll 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 we'll, we'll do something. We'll we'll try and see if it uh comes true. Um, as far as you know, of course, like we're you know we're still going through. Like, technically, we're still going through the quarantine right now. Do you have any future projects planned? You know, as soon as everything kind of uh simmers down either for your photo shoots or your cosplay or anything that, you know, you feel like you want to shout out or kind of want the people to look forward to? Um, well, I do have some cosplay plans, which are uh, Hades from, from Law Olympus, which I really love. Uh, it's a web comic. Um, I mm. also thought a lot about cosplaying from Star Wars, but I'm not really sure about if I, I pick one of the canon characters or like uh, doing like OC, Sith or Jedi. Um, yeah, that's that's like the cosplays I'm, I'm a go do. But shooting wise, well, I got some things roughly planned. Like I got one friend who wants to go like witchy and uh, dark uh, stuff in the woods and it will happen actually next week I think and it will be very cool I'm very excited for that 
And there's also some things I really want to uh, do, like like uh, a smoke bomb shooting would be so cool. Mm. I, 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 just did, I just did one, so I yes, I, I understand. Just love that effect so much, and I'd love to try it out, but in Germany it's kind of hard, because if, if anyone notices the smoke and gets the wrong idea and thinks anything is burning, they will call like the firefighters, and you will probably have to pay for it, so... Uh, <laughs> uh, I, well, well, what we do here is... Um... We just call, so we either call the police or the fire department, but I usually call the police department and I let them know ahead of time. So basically what they, what they do is they, they'll ask like, okay, what's the address of the place that you're going to do the shoot, that you're going to do the smoke from, from what time to what time is this going to happen? So that way, if anyone calls about it during that time, then the, the police and the fire department are going to disregard it. Yeah, but well, I don't, you but can... I don't know for Germany if it's different. Yeah, a little bit. Like I, I've heard, like it's it's only some uh, a fellow photographer told me that they will uh, take these calls and you you will you can tell them and it will help. But probably if someone is really thinking it's it's burning or there's anything happening, they will probably still come. Like they will probably not send their whole like uh, ten cars and and going in there. But there will probably one car going and checking it out, and maybe you will still have to pay for that. I don't know. Like it's a, it's a little risky, I guess. So I've I've, uh, I've had a lot of respect for that. I, uh, I I usually I usually tell them that I'm gonna use use the colorful ones, so that way there's less there's less um because if I just use the plain regular gray smoke, then of course people are gonna assume that like there's a fire going on because especially after lighting it you smell the smoke um so you usually when i tell the police or like at the very least like if a passerby sees purple or blue smoke in the woods with me using a a camera or something like that like they're they're more likely to think like oh yeah it's it's just for photos they're not they're not doing anything good and then and then if people see if people see the colorful smoke from a distance and they're not there then they're gonna and they see the different colors they're like oh yeah that's probably like it's not. Shooting. It's not like, yeah. like, like, yeah, like the fire. It's not the fire, whatever, like that. So, but I'm hoping you can do it. Like it, the the smoke bomb stuff. Uh, like, it's really good. I haven't tried the sticks, the the smoke sticks, but I've been told they're a little bit better for doing more shots where it looks like you're coming out of the cloud. Um, because the ones that I do, I usually put it in like a pot or a cauldron of some kind, just so that way the model isn't holding the bomb, so that way it's easier, so that I have to do like a witch shoot or something like that. But if you get a chance to do it, like I'd I'd love to see your take on it because it's really cool. Yeah, like I, my bestie is is cosplaying Harley Quinn, and then I imagined it with like smoke bombs, like pink and blue, and she she burst out of them, and it, it would be so damn cool. <laughs> like, yeah, so so I really hope this will happen. But otherwise, uh, well, I'm I'm just kind of making it work because, uh, yeah, like the models have to look after their corn crop. I can't I can't uh, pronounce that word like. Yeah, they have to to do their schedules, like uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, sorry, my my English is pretty bad. Oh sometimes. no, 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 it's okay. <laughs> like, kind of like kind of like planning and working around the time, their timing and scheduling to get together. Yeah, right. So that's that's kind of tough sometimes. Like Germany is it's pretty big, 
So uh, some models would would have to come from from different uh, from different places, and right now it's not that easy because some mm, states here in Germany, like it's it's kind of like the USA, and there are separate states. It's kind of the same thing in Germany. Uh, so between those states, it's, it can be hard to travel right now because of uh, Corona. So we'll have to wait until this is uh, done, and then we can maybe plan things. Do most of your models live in other the other states? Yeah, it's it's pretty common. Like there's a lot of them uh, who live like at least one or two hours uh, away from me. In another state, there there are some in my state, but uh, well, since I'm full time working, it's it's hard to to find uh, yeah, a place where we both have time all the time. I guess yeah. she'll, I guess you'll just have to hashtag Hala models or something like that and just go looking. I guess. I guess like it's it's an Instagram story then. <laughs> well, because what I do is usually when I travel to other places, um, other states or countries, I'll be like, oh, hashtag. Oregon models or hashtag German models or hashtag uh, uh, Indonesian models or something like that, depending on where I go. And then it makes it a little bit easier for me to find people if I don't want to like have to ask around and that sort of thing. But I don't know if for Germany, they have very like they have hashtags where it's like each individual state like they do for us in Hawaii, where we have the hashtag for the different islands. So it's like Maui models, Oahu models, uh, Big Island models or Kauai models, that sort of thing. I've never tried. I don't know. Like, I'm not traveling that much. So it's usually uh, via Instagram or due to conventions. Like like you said, it's a huge network thing for us photographers here in Germany. That's where we, we get a lot of our cosplay models from. Like, we see them at the convention and we're like, oh, hey, you want to work together and, and things like that. And it's kind of like very random where they come from. You can be lucky and they're like in the same state as you or just in the state beneath that. But they can be like from the other end of Germany, and so you will have to tr- do a lot of planning. So uh, I'm not traveling that much, so these has- hashtags would not make that much sense for me, I guess, because I mm. only travel if I really know uh, the time and the date and what we're going to do. Um, mm. Gotcha. Yeah. That that makes sense. So I, I would like to travel more, but like it's it's a huge time and money thing. Uh, traveling around so i'm i really want to be sure that there's going to be uh, a shooting and everything will be planned out and there will be great results like you can find me on neko's camera on instagram it's like pretty easy <laughs> that's the only thing i'm at oh so, gotcha uh, yeah it's just instagram <laughs> pretty much gotcha no worries. Well, I'm I'm hoping that we see more from you again. Like I, I really find a lot of what you do and your art really creative. So, and of course, we always need more LGBTQ creators. So again, I'm I'm hoping we see more of you coming soon. So again, I'm I'm hoping the world can see more of the photography that you do and it's really creative. I want more people to notice it and appreciate it. Um, in any case, again, thanks for coming out and talking with me, and thanks again for everyone for listening. So. We'll see you guys later on the next episode. Bye, everyone. Bye. Thank you so much for having me. Bye. Thank you.